Anyways, welcome to Crazy Canucks Football. I'm Tyler Engel, along with my host, Jordan Smith. We're here to talk a little bit of football to you guys, NFL. Anyways, Jordan, let's get it started with NFL news. All right. Uh, first, I want to talk about some of the injuries that happened around the league in Week 12. Uh, some of the most prevalent being with the Green Bay Packers. Al Harris and Aaron Campman both tearing their ACLs and are out for the year. The, the Packers managed to win on Thursday, which puts their record at 7-4. and four. But do you really think this is going to hurt their playoff chances, seeing as they're coming out of a tough NFC? In the playoffs? Absolutely. The Packers in the playoffs? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. I mean, the Packers really depend on these two guys. I mean, Al Corsa is their independent shutdown corner that uh, basically keeps them going in this uh, league. But um, and Aaron Campman, of course, the 3-4 defensive end, I believe he plays. Uh, Dom Capers' defense, uh, filling his hole is going to be pretty big. Uh, I think Packers miss the playoffs because of these guys alone. I mean, that really hurts them. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you there. Even though they're seven and four, you're looking at at least ten wins for an NFC wild card. So they would have to go three and two at least in these last five games. And looking at their schedule, I just don't think they can do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, also on the injury list, uh, Akeem Jordan gets injured for the Eagles, and boy, their linebacking core is really, really thin. Yeah, they managed to pick up some help with Will Witherspoon at the trading deadline, but I, st- I, mean, I still think they're really thin at this point. I mean, and I heard bad, even worse news today. Jeremiah Trotter is 50-50 for a Week 12 game at the Redskins. Oh. That really hurts. I'm hoping we can get Akeem Jordan back, though, by uh, not next week, the week afterwards, because we play the Falcons next week, so I think we can win with our thin linebacking core, but I mean, the Giants after that. For those of you who don't know, and this is our first show, uh, Tyler is a diehard Eagles fan, so he's got a little bit of bias, but um, yeah, I agree with you that your linebacking core yeah. looks pretty down in the dumps right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, sw- switching over to my team in the injury list, of course, I am a San Diego Charger fan. Our tackle, Jeremy Clary, um, goes down, and it looks pretty serious. We managed to sign John Runyon to fill his spot. John Runyon. And he is an experienced veteran. Um, I think he can fill pretty well. And you should know a little bit about him. I know a little bit, but... Oh, yeah, toughest lineman uh, I've ever seen in my life. Uh, came, this guy came out of Michigan, right? So Michigan, Michigan produces good linemen, good tough linemen. Yeah. Uh, I, think he's a little, I think he's a little tougher than Jason Peters we have over here right now because uh, what, Jason Peters has been injured, what, five times this season? I mean, don't get me wrong, Jason Peters, high-caliber lineman. For, for those but, uh, of you who have lost count, five times. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, Runyon is definitely experienced he'll definitely be able to fill the void but our line has had several injuries this year and we've managed to keep uh, on rolling five game win streak right now and hopefully we can keep it going against the Chiefs this week if we lose that I don't know about the playoffs yeah uh, I'm just looking at the NFL headlines on this uh, NFL website and um one of the recent news is Smith, Emmett Smith, is the, on the road to Canton. Absolutely, and well-deserved, every bit of it. Uh, leading rusher, all-time, and uh, 
I don't think, I don't know if anybody's ever going to catch that record. Oh, no. I mean, I was thinking LT before this year, but now LT's not looking too good anymore. Yeah, my boy, uh, he's 30 right now. He's probably got three good seasons left in him, but he's averaging about 800 yards a season now. He's 12th all-time. Um, yeah, I, I I don't see him catching that. Uh, one person I do see him catching it, though, maybe one of the two young guys, Adrian Peterson or Chris Johnson, could easily. I mean, Chris Johnson is on route to a 2,000-yard season this year. Yeah. Um, Looking pretty good. I don't know about Johnson in the long run. I think his, and Adrian for that matter as well, they're bruising running style. They take a lot of hits when they play, and I'm not sure if that's going to help them in the long run in six, seven well, years. I, maybe not road. Adrian Peterson, because Adrian Peterson, is, like, the way he throws himself at defenders scares me, but Chris Johnson is more of a scat back, sort of speed back kind of guy. Yeah. I think he, but yeah. And speaking Anyways. of Adrian Peterson, while we're on the topic of news and injuries, um, he is apparently has an illness right now, and he is questionable for this Ooh. week's game. Um, would you, if you were Brad Childress, you're nine and one, ten and one, I believe. Yeah, ten and one. I mean, but playoffs. Um, uh, and they're nine and one. Nine playoffs and one? are de- definitely not of the option. But you I mean you got it. There's six games left in the season, right? Yeah. I'm Brad Childress. I maybe start resting Adrian Peterson. He's questionable this week. I'm definitely resting him. I mean, you, you don't want to take any chances on that. Yeah. He, il- he gets illness, and you know what? On the field, somebody punches him in the stomach, and he starts throwing up all over the place, and basically has to go in the hospital. Yeah, you're feeling pretty bad. I I let Adrian Peterson sh- sit out this week. Uh, where are the Vikings playing? I believe they play. They're at home against Chicago this week. Chicago, yes. Then I definitely rest them. You're playing one of the worst uh, defenses in the league. Uh, Not Chicago, usually, but they are banged up and they've had problems all year. So. Yeah, I rest Adrian Peterson. You got a completely capable back behind him in Chester Taylor. Absolutely. And. Sorry, Selvin Young behind Chester, Chester Taylor. Taylor would get my nod as well. And if you're looking for that 20-point day out of Adrian Peterson, you're not going to get it this week. Oh, no. But, uh... Um, and, of course, one of the most uh, talked-about injuries of the week is Ben Roethlisberger. And originally... Oh, Roethlis- Roethlisberger, another concussion for him. Yeah, and that's going to shorten his career, definitely. And oh. at first, it was said that he was going to play this week... Um, on the road against Baltimore, um, I was questioning that decision myself. I mean, you've got Ray Lewis up the middle. If Ben puts his head down, he's going to get hit. He's going to get hit a lot. His line has not been that great this year. He has a decent line, but he's been sacked fifth most in the NFL, and you're going up against that Baltimore defense, who isn't what it's used to be, but is still very capable of putting a hurting on you. Um, apparently, Big Ben, um, a recent report says that he went to Coach Mike Tomlin and asked if he could sit in this game. Asked if he could, uh, as a precaution, take some time off. Yeah, well, uh, no doubt about that. I agree with Ben. I think... Uh... The concussion of that, I mean, people talk about extending the National Football League's uh, schedule. I say no way. 
you see the guys that have gone down this in, in, in 10 games. Brian Westbrook's going down, Ben Roethlisberger going down, Al Harris, Aaron Campman. I mean, these guys are superstars in the league, and they're going down because, well, they, this is a rough and tough game, let's face it. And uh, if I think if the season's any longer, you're just going to get more and more injuries. And... You look at those guys in their late 30s that complain that they can't get all the way through training camp in a 16-game season right now. If... If you go to an 18-game season, you're going to see a lot more retirements at earlier age, I think, because of the wear and oh, tear. Oh, yeah, I mean... Wear and tear oh, yeah, on the bodies, for sure. Think about two two games extra. Think about that in uh, seven seasons. That's That adds 14 more games to what you're used to, so... You're going you're gonna to start retiring. You're going to see guys reti- uh, retiring a bit earlier than they used to be, I mean... Absolutely. Uh, I mean, but the big go. there we go. All right. So what I was saying is, um, maybe you give the teams an extra buy and take out a preseason game before uh, when you like them the season. I mean, because let's face it, teams can't just face wear and tear of NFL football for 18 games. Uh, I think actually, I think you, you either shorten the season or you add an extra buy at the end. It's your choice, but. Um, and that's what I'm seeing in the NFL today. You are the first person I've heard that has essentially said, add an extra buy at the end of the year. And oh, yeah. The whole, the whole idea of having the Pro Bowl before the Super Bowl, that kind of thing has dumbfounded me. Just because when the fans vote in the players they want to see, if they're in the big game, they're not going to play at the risk of getting hurt. Yeah. So all these schedule well, changes have really thrown... The NFL out of whack. Well, yeah, I think. Well, this Pro Bowl game before the Super Bowl is just plain dumb. I mean, you're gonna, the best players are supposed to be playing in the Super Bowl, and if you got your best players playing in the Pro Bowl, that's a risk of getting injured. I mean, you're not going to do that, right? So, uh, just yeah, put the Pro Bowl back in Hawaii. Make the Pro Bowl back in February. Things will be all right. Add extra by at the end of the season. I think. Uh, Less injuries will happen, and all you get your length in season. Anyways, let's move on to uh, this week's games. All right. Uh, on Thursday, we had three Turkey Day games in the States, and pretty much all of them were routes. Um, yeah. Green Bay, Green Bay playing Detroit was the first game of the afternoon. Green Bay ended up winning this game 34-12, to and Aaron Rodgers threw for 350 yards passing. Was I, it... think this game, I think this game just uh, increases Aaron Rodgers' confidence a little bit more. I mean, he was getting sacked a little bit, and, you know, quarterbacks need confidence and poise in the pocket, and Aaron Rodgers, did, the last couple of weeks, has not looked like he's had any confidence. You get this easy win at Detroit, he gets these throws for 350 yards, uh, he gets just all the confidence back. Yeah, for sure. And was it a mistake starting Matthew Stafford in this game? He had four picks. He looked in the second half to have the shoulder bothering him. Uh, you could really tell every throw was accompanied by a grimace. Was it a mistake starting Matthew Stafford in this game, or should Dante Culpepper have started? Uh, well, yeah. Jeez, I mean, like, Matthew Stafford at the end of that Cleveland Lions game looked really injured. I mean, like you could see after he threw that touchdown pass, he he crutched his shoulder. He, he, it's definitely not a smart move by the coach. I mean, you you got to rest your star quarterback for this game. 
I mean, let's face it, Green Bay is a tough team. They're going to blitz. They're going to do everything. You rest your quarterback. You don't let him play this game because he, there's just a chance he's going to get injured even more. And in Matthew Stafford's case, he just embarrasses himself and throws four picks. And at this point, um, you're two and eight. Eight. You really have no chance of making the playoffs. Thank you, Kevin Smith, for that prediction. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, did anybody believe that guy? No, and that's the same as uh, I think Tatum Bell said last year. Yeah, the lines, or uh, no, Kevin Smith said again last year. He's like, John yeah, the Kidna lines could have been well. ten and six. John Kidna, ten wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. look where you are now, buddy. Yeah, you're in Dallas backing up Tony Romo, but uh, <laughs> actually, yeah, you I might like that better. Yeah, but I, I really think there's it's just bad game all around for the Lions. You, you gotta. I mean, Kevin Smith, I think, though, it. Kevin Smith, Calvin Johnson, Matthew Stafford, they're, they're good players for years to come. I think the Lions this year should have started Dante, let Matthew Stafford learn for a year. You know, he'll come back out next year with a better offensive line, because at least I think Detroit's going offensive line in the, uh, in, uh, the draft. They should at this yeah, point. Yeah, they, they should. And with the loss of Pettigrew for the season now. Yeah. Uh, with, I mean, you got with the blown ACL. Really, this season's a wash when you look at the Lions and looking at their past drafting history. It's getting a lot better. They they have Matthew Stafford now. They have the Calvin Johnson. They Charles Rogers was one of the worst busts in NFL history. Oh yeah, like, it's, but uh, it's it's good they got rid of Matt Millen. It's good, great that they got rid of John Marinelli. I mean, uh, but. <laughs> They're going to improve in draft. I see the Lions playoff contenders in five or six years. That's what I see. The the fact that I like Matt Millen's commentary on an NFL network, I think he's a very knowledgeable football mind. He's very intelligent. He's very, very intelligent. But But the man loves his wide receivers, and wide receivers do not win games for you. Unless you're Brandon Marshall. As we saw in the yes. Denver Giants game. Whoa, what a surprise. What a surprise. Ah, man. Marshall Giant? had 86 yards receiving and a couple of spectacular catches. That one-handed grab and double coverage? The Giants, the Giants couldn't get anything going. They had 40 yards offense in the first half. I don't oh, yeah. know what to say. The Giants... You- and Denver, these were both teams on a severe downswing, and they looked. Uh, Den- Denver looked amazing. I'll put that that way. Defense was the. Oh, did you you watch this game on NFL Network? I'm guessing Jordan. Did you see uh, the when they uh, cut to the coach Josh McDaniel cursing up a storm to his team? Yes, but that's a normal occurrence when you look at <laughs> yeah. Josh. But I I think the director of that game, uh, the director of the. And NFL Network should have been fired for that. I mean, you're 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 broadcasting in front of a family audience, and they hear the F word five or six times, pretty darn clear. <laughs> uh, you got a, but anyways, moving on from that. Yeah, but it's 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 a touchy. And you got your soccer moms that will just go crazy over that, and you got the guys, you know what, just was a mistake, but you know it was a little over the line. But anyways. We're already losing viewers on the first show. Racist against soccer moms. Here we go. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And our third game, I mean, Dallas and Oakland. Dallas not much to say. This looked like it was going to be a riot, and no surprise here. No, no. I mean, I'm only surprised that Dallas only put 24 points up on them. I mean, they could have done a lot more, but you know, you got the game. Yeah, Tony Romo over 300 yards passing. Miles Austin on my fantasy team, 150 yes, yards, yards and a touchdown. 20 points. Yes, and I picked him up off the waiver wire in week six, and I look like a genius. Yeah. <laughs> and I said Calvin Johnson in favor of him this week. Yeah, how did Calvin Johnson do this week? He had two catches, 10 yards, and a touchdown. Seven points. Yeah, decent, not not a... It's only about 12 points, but... Not anyways. a Calvin Johnson performance, but... Yeah. Well, he was injured, right? But anyways, so these three records, I mean, really, you got Detroit at 2-8. and eight. They're out of the playoffs. Green Bay at 7 and a... No, Green Bay's... Uh, yes, 7 and 7 and, seven and four. 4. They're in the playoffs, but I think the loss of Aaron Camp and, uh, and Al Harris hurts. You got uh, Oakland at 2-8, uh, and eight, I believe. Yes. Maybe, no, they're 3-7, three and three and seven, aren't they? No, I think they're wait. Yep, three and seven because they've beaten the Chiefs twice. I think. Yeah, well, they're out of the playoffs. Then you got Dallas, eight and three, atop their division. They're looking pretty good, but I I still think they'll go on the December stretch and lose three or four games in the December months. Denver. Did Denver? what Denver does. They're a hot and cold team. They started the season yeah. six and zero. Oh. Lost four in a row and looked awful in all four games, and then they come yep. back looking like they did at the start of the year. Seven and four, tied at the top of the division with uh, San Diego. Although I think the points four points against against their uh, last. We do game. have half a game on them. We are seven and three right now. Yeah. Um, so, but San if we Diego. lose, which I don't KC. see happening, as I will get to later in the show. But you got, and then you got the Giants, who are sitting at six and five, a game and a half behind Dallas, half a game behind Philly. They don't look good. They get routed by New Orleans. They get routed by uh, Philadelphia. They get they get routed by Denver. I mean, what happened to this Giants squad of two thousand and seven, or even last year? Yeah, and everybody at the beginning of the year was saying, "What are they going to do without Plexico? What are they going to yeah. do without Plexico? And then you had guys stepping up, like Steve Smith, like Mario Manningham, like Hakeem Nix. You know, yeah, I mean, I don't like to draw baseball res- references on a football show, but they started this season out like the Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Jays, what did they start out? Like, they were 20 and 10 or whatever? Yeah. The thing is, though, you can't keep your hot, hot bats going. I mean, you, got, you can't keep guys like... Uh, Vernon Wells hitting 356. It just, just not, it doesn't happen. You got uh, Giants rookie receivers and young receivers. They started out very, very hot, but I mean they're they're very young, and they're going to make mistakes down the stretch. And I just think people people assume too much about these young receivers way, way too soon. Yeah, these guys got they started out like stars, and now they're starting to get lost in the shuffle. And Eli's having his struggles, and we'll see if the Giants can bounce back. Moving uh, on to the Sunday games, first game. Um, Tampa at Atlanta. Tampa and Atlanta, Georgia Dome. No weather concerns here. And this one uh, really should be if Atlanta struggles in this game. Atlanta's out. I mean Atlanta's on the bubble for the playoffs right now, but 
re- realistically, they shouldn't struggle this game at all. If you're playing Tampa Bay with Raheem Morris, I'll admit Josh Freeman is looking very good, though. Yes, I would agree with that. And, but I still uh, think Tampa's another two, three, four years away from being a contender again. Yeah, I don't think they have the weapons on their offense to oh, no. do I very mean, much. Talk about... And, I mean, they got some confidence beating Green Bay a couple weeks ago, but I don't think they can go into it. Well, they're 2-8. and eight. They're 2-8. and eight. They beat uh, Green Bay, and the other team they beat was... They played another team that I can't remember right at the tip of my tongue, but they beat. But, uh... Yeah. I mean, you got a, you got, you, they got a pretty good Atlanta squad. Uh, Josh Freeman, though, I think Josh Freeman will have a pretty good day against Atlanta secondary. I'll put that that much. Yeah, but I don't see them coming into the Georgia Dome and challenging Atlanta, and that's why that's why I've got Atlanta easily, probably by twenty points or so in this game. In my final score, Atlanta thirty-five, Tampa Bay fourteen. Yeah, I would agree with that score. And, yeah, so we both have Atlanta in that game. Yeah, so next game, Miami Buff at Buffalo. Um, uh, Mike Puel, the new interim coach, looking all right. He gets a win. But um, the, co- the Bills are furiously pursuing a new co- coach. Yep. They've pursued Bill Cower, who declined them. They pursued Mike Shanahan. He was in Buffalo this week to go to some meetings. So before long, we could have a big-name coach with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Ralph Wilson came up and said to the public, I'm not, look, I'm not afraid to pay for a lot of money. I mean, I, I, I could, uh, I could uh, get Mike Shanahan easily. I mean, I'm fine, I'm fine with that. And I, I would be willing to pay that much money, too, because... Lord knows, you're, nothing else you're doing is working right now. You brought T.O. in, hoping to be yeah. the catalyst in this offense. He hasn't. He's got almost career lows or lowest since his rookie season right now. And well, he's got. I'm looking at his uh, receptions. He's got 35 receptions for 563 yards and two TDs. I mean, and mediocre for T.O., but I mean, uh, mediocre, I mean, if, I mean, if you got like a guy like uh, Greg Camarillo, that's a pretty good season, but for Terrell Owens, it's not what we expect from him. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got a guy like Trent Edwards directing the offense, who has had some injury issues in the past. And well, they benched him. To me, right. I had forgotten right. about that in favor of Ryan right. Fitzpatrick. Um, but really, I don't think that was a smart move. I think that was uh, Mike Puel trying to make a radical change. But I, it, I think they both scream mediocre to me. Yeah, uh, really, realistically, I see Buffalo going quarterback in this draft. Mike Shanahan will uh, try to make this his system if he if they go. I I don't know about going quarterback in this draft for them. I mean, I would go line first. To be honest with you, just because (laughs) of the history of the history of poor quarterbacks in the draft, they take an awful long time to develop. Buffalo wants to be a contender now. They've made that perfectly clear. I don't think they will be, but they want to be 
for bringing T.O. in, but you look at a guy like Brady Quinn out in Cleveland, who I like, who I think is a good quarterback. He just doesn't have the weapons, and he's taking longer um, to develop than the Cleveland faithful want. Yeah, but yeah, but you look at this draft; it's the deepest draft we've ever seen. I mean, because uh, Roger Goodell implementing that new rookie contract uh, structure, where after this year. Rookies will only get a maximum of what is it, five million a right. year? I think so. And so, it's going into prime time this year for the first time ever. Yeah, yeah. So this is going to be really the deepest draft that we'll ever see. Because I mean, but I mean, so you you got a lot of quarterbacks going in this draft. I see Buffalo. Maybe they go tackle first, take a take a, def- a offensive tackle, and then maybe get your get your. Uh, Quarterback like uh, a guy like Javon Sneed or Zach Robinson in the fifth or sixth round. Yeah, that's a quite a possibility. I uh, think. And Dolphins. Uh, go on. They've done a. Chad Hene's done a. Um, Heck of a job. Yeah, he's done an admirable job. Well, so. you see, when uh, Tony Sperano drafted or Bill Parcells drafted him, he said, "Look, Chad Pennington, this guy's going to take your job." Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure if he would if it weren't for the injury concerns of Pennington, but um, Pennington might have trouble getting this job back next year if he well, stays. I think they released Pennington. His, Pennington uh, his contract is up after this year. I think he goes. Yeah, I, I would say I agree with you on that just because I think they've seen their future. They like their future. They have Camarillo. They have Ted Ginn. They have some good young receivers. And uh, I think this team is one of the most underrated in the NFL right now. Well, yeah. I mean, at the beginning of the year, they said Miami's not going to be like they used to. I mean, after a slow start, Miami's 5-5 five and five again. I do think the injured Deronnie Brown is really going to hurt them, though. Yes. But I'm look- he, like, he was having some pretty good stats, though. He had 147 car- carries for 648 yards and eight touchdowns. But then I look at rookie Ricky Williams carries, a guy that we haven't really heard of, 127 carries, 677 yards for eight TDs. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, they definitely have a very good two-back system implemented in Miami. And uh, even though the um, injury to Ronnie Brown will take out some weapons to their offense, I think... Ricky Williams will be a surprise to a lot of people getting his old swagger back, getting yeah. uh, some good work done in Miami. He's going to be the second half Cedric Benson. You're here to hear first. Yeah, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, but Miami's 5-5. Five and five. I don't think they're making the playoffs this year, given the strength of the AFC this year. Uh, but uh, they're making a comeback. I think Miami's going to finish 9-7, and 10-6. and six. Yeah, and you're looking at at least a ten and six for an AFC wild card, I think, this year. Uh, maybe, maybe for a wild card, I'm, maybe eleven wins won't even get you. I mean, it's pretty strong, but yeah, Miami, Miami might have a chance as the sixth wild card spot. The thing is, I still see them having a winning season. Uh, they got this week at Buffalo. I'm look, just let me look at their schedule. They got this week at Buffalo, which is probably going to be a win because it's in Miami. No, it's not. It's in Buffalo. Oh, sorry. Yes, in Buffalo. They're at New. It's New England at Miami next week. A game that could quite possibly win because they did. I mean, they did fine in uh, 
Freight versus New England. Then they play Jacksonville, Tennessee, Houston, Pittsburgh. So I could quite possibly see them going nine and seven, um, six, uh, ten and five. Ten and six. Ten and six. Uh, so who do you have in this game this week? I got Miami by mm, final score: Miami twenty-four, Buffalo six. I would go. Um... I'll go Miami 21, Buffalo 10. I think it's going to be a little closer, but I think Miami should be be able to win handily. Yes. Ne- next game, another 1 o'clock start. Washington Redskins at Philadelphia. Yes, indeed. Lincoln Financial. Um, and i got to admit, the Eagles are looking good. Yeah. They're looking I mean, good. You look, at, uh, you, look at, um, you look at the Redskins... I mean, they got a pretty. They got the best pass defense in the NFL. I mean, they might have a, be having a terrible season, but they're only averaging 167 yards per game. And without Brian Westbrook, I mean, it's going to be pretty hard. Uh, looking at some injuries, we got Akeem, George, Akeem Jordan, Kevin Curtis, and Brian Westbrook out for the Eagles. Um, uh, Akeem Jordan really, but I think I still think Eagles are are going to do fine versus the Redskins. Yeah, I would say that. Um, Deshaun, though, he's their speed guy, and I don't think anybody in the Washington secondary can quite handle that guy, especially when McNabb is having a a good day. Yeah. If they get some some pressure on McNabb and force him to scramble and beat him with their legs, they might have a little more success. But um, I don't think anyone can contain... Deshaun Jackson. Very few players oh. in the NFL can. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, just guy that's pure speed. People thought him going to the NFL. Oh, no way. He's too, way too small. Looking at his stats, he's got 42 receptions for 728 yards and 5 TDs. I mean, his average for uh, receiving is 17.3, yeah. which is pretty darn And he darn caught good. his shortest touchdown of the year last week at 47 yards. yards. Shortest. Yeah. Shortest of the year, and he's got four longer than that. That's pretty amazing. I mean, when you look at um, different stuff around the league, you've got Jeremy Macklin also in that receiving core. Oh, Jason Avant, which is, oh my goodness, this guy's just exploded onto the scene. I mean, Jason Avant can make clutch catches. I mean, versus San Diego, which I'm kind of so mad about, but did you see that catch he'd made uh, over the shoulder jumping? Yes, I did see that catch. I mean, it's it's amazing. Yeah. But uh, looking at uh, looking at them, Philadelphia, I think they'll cause a bit of turnovers. They will uh, rush Jason Campbell. I think final score for this game, Philadelphia. It's going to be low score, and I think Philadelphia twenty, Washington three. Yeah, I would agree with that score. Take the under on this game if you're going out to Vegas to bet, but um, I think Philadelphia wins handily. And that's three games in a row that we've seen one team comfortably winning. Next game I want to talk about is Carolina at the Jets. Two kind of enigma teams, very, very mysterious. Look, Look good in some games, look absolutely awful in others. Oh yeah, and you I mean you look at Carolina? They've been they started the season horrendous, 
and then they, as of late, they've been doing a little bit better. Uh, Jets started the season amazing. Now Mark Sanchez isn't looking like Sanchez anymore. I mean... Oh, I think... he had to go with the bad pun. Okay. <laughs> because, uh, I mean, you look at Mark Sanchez. He's got the second highest tur- turnovers in the league, led only or behind only Jay Cutler. And to all our listeners, that is number one of many in the history of Crazy Canucks football. Um, but looking at these teams, yeah, it's definitely a game where you're going to see who's for real. And I hate to say that we have that type of game this late in the season, but there are still a few teams that I can't quite get a handle on. And these are two of them. And looking at Jordan? looking at their offenses, I mean, Sanchez threw four picks last week. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at him, he's... A... Jake DeLome and Sanchez aren't looking like, I mean, I mean, Sanchez started the season out great. I mean, looking at him, I mean, his rating, his rating right now, as of late, is 61.1, which is mediocre, very mediocre. I, I um, still see him having a good long career, and I still see Oh, yeah, him. I do. I mean, you look at Peyton's first, I believe Peyton had like 25 interceptions in his first year. Yeah. And Peyton Manning's looking... Looking good, but uh, but uh, like he started out the Houston game, it, one TD, one interception. New England, one TD, no interceptions. Then going week four, New Orleans, zero TDs, three interceptions. Then at Buffalo, zero TDs, five interceptions. At Buff or Buffalo, yeah, Oakland, and they ended up losing that game in overtime with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm in the second yeah. half. I mean, I mean people are saying the Buffalo. Eagles go on a skid or the Giants go on a skid when they lose four games. The Jets have lost one, two, three, four, five, six. Six of their last seven games. And it, you, don't, you don't become a great... You don't, be, you don't make a playoff game if you lose six of your seven, last seven games. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and this defense that uh, had gut check time after they looked invincible in the start of the year, I think when you go into Buffalo and lose, that's definitely a gut check game for you. you got to reassess, come back stronger, and they have failed to do that right now. They look shaken. Well, there's no question that the Jets organization is... Uh see Sanchez of the future. Sorry if I answered your question wrong because you were lagging out a little bit. Um, yeah, the Jets definitely see uh, Fran- uh, Sanchez of the future. I don't see them going playoff bound anymore. I see them maybe finishing the season 7-9, and nine, most likely finishing 6-10, or 5-11. Uh, and, and that's a sad state of affairs, especially after they won... Uh, against New England early in the year, started the year four and zero, and to say they're going to be six and ten, seven and nine at the end of the year, that's a pretty yeah, yeah. sizable collapse. Although, as I'll talk about right now, um, I do see them winning this game at home against Carolina. Sorry. He's so shocked by my pick, he had to hear it again. 
<laughs> but as I as I'm gonna explain, I do see them winning this week at at home against Carolina. I really feel that they'll be able to shut down um, D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart, that whole ground game, and force Jake DeLoom to beat them through the air. And I really, watching this Carolina team, I don't think it's something that Jake DeLoom is capable of, especially oh. against a secondary um, featuring Darrell Revis, who I think is one of the best corners in the NFL. So that's why I've oh, got yeah. the Jets at home in this game. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got you got the Jets who've got, like, a really, really good underrated defense. I mean, with Bart Scott, uh, Darrell Revis, Kerry Rhodes. I, I mean, this defense is not, not, not for jokes. I see them winning at home versus Carolina. I see maybe a 20-17, to 20-14 score Jets. I, I would agree with that score. Uh, next game... Uh, We've got on the screen All right, so is Seattle. We're going to skip over Seattle, St. Louis, and Cleveland, Cincinnati, because... Yeah, those are no-brainers. <laughs> those are no-brainers. Sorry? Those should be no-brainers. Um, boring games, but no-brainers as to who's going to win. I don't see the Rams or the Browns challenging either way. Oh, no. Seattle's going to win handily. Cincinnati's going to win handily. And next, we've got a division game. Indianapolis going into Houston. Houston, another yes. one o'clock start. This this game is a. I mean, it looks really. Remember, Houston lost on a last second field goal uh, last game. Yes. Because Chris Brown is not clutch. And if I'm not and, mistaken, uh, they had a chance to win that game, correct? Sorry. They had a chance to kick a winning field goal in that game. Oh yeah, Chris Brown uh, missed it. So right. uh, uh, was that that was in Indianapolis, correct? Yes. yes. Indianapolis is now at Houston. Houston has not looked. I mean, Houston has looked fine the last couple of games. But they haven't looked <laughs> just... like a powerhouse that can is capable of beating the undefeated team. Yeah, I. The the Colts are looking too good. Houston's not looking great anymore. I see Colts with a relatively easy game. I This is the first one I'm going to disagree with you on. I think the Colts, don't get me wrong, I think the Colts are going to win this game, but I think it's going to be a lot tougher than a lot of people think. Just because Indianapolis has had to grind their teeth a little bit and pull out some very close victories to remain undefeated. They had some trouble against Baltimore last week, and Baltimore had a chance um, in the red zone to win that game, down by two. They had a pretty makeable field goal. They decided to pass, and unfortunately... Oh yeah, Gary Brackett with that amazing interception. It ended in a turnover. But, uh, and honestly, if they had chosen to keep the ball on the ground, I don't think that we'd be talking about the undefeated Colts right now. Uh, you, th- you think Houston wins? No, I, I think the Colts win, but I think it's going to be something like a 21-17 scoreline. Very, hmm. very close game. Next game we have on tap? The Kansas City Chiefs travel to San Diego. This should be a boring game, but San Diego always finds a way to make it more interesting than it should be. Whether, yes. Whether it be against Pittsburgh 
down 28 nothing at half, coming back and scoring 28 points in the second half, or against Oakland, managing to engineer a game-winning drive in the final seconds against Oakland, or against oh, yeah. the Giants, who were struggling at the time, and they managed to pull a last-second victory. Oh, yeah. There's the- no question. This shouldn't be close. In all honesty, this shouldn't be close. But it's going to be. Oh, boy. I was afraid you were going to say that. Please explain. (laughs) Uh, I mean, Kansas City. Just think about about the position you're in. You're Todd Haley as the coach. You just beat the defending champion Steelers. Uh, Yeah, that's going to give you a lot of confidence. Last week, who did San Diego play again? San Diego played the Broncos. Broncos, and they won. Handily. Handily. Yeah. But you're coming off, the Chiefs are coming off, and I'm looking at San Diego's injury right here. You got Nick Hardwig, you got Sean Merriman, and you got Luis Castillo, all doubtful or questionable. Merriman should play. Castillo, they're not sure. Hardwick, probably not at this point. So, we'll see. But, um, last game we played against the Chiefs, we managed to win quite handily by 30 points, I think it was. And that was in Kansas City at that time. Although Kansas City has looked a lot better, I still got San Diego winning this game. San Diego always makes it interesting. I'd say that. As a fan, I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. They have way too much talent to make a lot of games that they make interesting. Shouldn't be. And Chambers, the interesting very story that I just remembered, Chambers is starting for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, and he has had... A resurrection of sorts in the last two or three games he's played with the Chiefs. He's got a couple hundred yards receiving. Yeah. He he's making us look bad. He's making us look. Yeah, I bad. mean, I mean, and you look at the, the revenge games this year. Cedric Benson coming back, uh, playing Chicago, right? Right. He goes and goes nuts over the Chicago defense and rushes for 140 yards. Chambers is going. To want his revenge on San Diego. Yeah, I would agree with that statement. I'm pretty happy with our receiving core as it is right now, with very capable hands of Vincent Jackson and Malcolm Floyd. Um, oh yeah, definitely. And they look like giants out on the field. And also, we've got probably the best pass catching tight end in football in Antonio, Antonio Gates. Gates. He's made. Well, maybe not. You got Dallas Clark that might be above him. He's made some ridiculous catches over the middle. Did you see that catch he did uh, uh, last week against uh, the Ravens? Yeah. When he kept when he, when Dallas Clark kept that one hand on his uh, on the ball, right? And uh, he caught it. That was pretty amazing. That I saw. Case to our viewers, you should really check that YouTube video if you didn't do it. Dallas Clark, amazing one-handed catch at Ravens. Whew. Yeah. But, it's, moving on though. Yeah. We'll have to reanalyze the top 10 plays of the year at the end of this season because there have been some ridiculously nice catches or plays 
it's just been, been an amazing year to be a football fan. You never yes. you never know what you're gonna get. Yeah. I mean but uh final score for this game I see Chargers winning it. I see Chargers only winning by ten though. Interesting. You well, San Diego is tied with the Saints right now for one particular record. They've had 14 games in a row now where they've scored at least 21 points. And when our offense is firing on all cylinders, as it should be this week, should be an easy win. I'm going to go 28-10 to 10, San Diego. The reason I say that is just Chris Chambers looking for a shot at revenge. I think Chris Chambers finishes with maybe 150 yards receiving. And two TDs. Yeah, he's going to... If he's still available on the waiver wire, pick him up. He's going to be Matt Castle's main target, especially since Dwayne Bowe is out this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, no question about it. I mean, you got... I, I mean, what what one is saying? I mean, you got Chris Chambers on the side. He's your most biggest target other than... Uh, who's on the other side? I can't remember. I don't even know his name. Yeah, that should tell you something, folks. Yeah, but um, right now I can really tell you, I am looking to make sure Chambers is available in my uh, waiver wire because he, he is available in forty-five percent of leagues. So, and uh, I dropped yeah. him in week two, and now I'm like, kicking myself. <laughs> <laughs> but so, anyways, so next game, the first of the. Actually, that was the first of the 4 o'clock starts. Another 4 o'clock start, Jacksonville at San Fran. Interesting game. Both have started out, again, started out the season hot. Actually, Jacksonville not too hot, but Reds, I mean, San Francisco is looking like a playoff team, maybe even taking the division. San Francisco is now 4 and... is now 4 and 6. Only a game above Seattle... And not looking as good as they used to. Yeah. Um, their defense has always been their backbone. As you see, whoever's in the quarterback position, Alex Smith or Sean Hill, has had their struggles. Vernon Davis has come in like a man on fire. Oh, yeah. In these I mean, games. Vernon Davis is a man-child. Let's put it that way. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, you look at the Jags on the other side of the ball. They've had a lot of trouble with teams that they should have beaten. Uh, yeah, you look at the Seattle game, they should have just beaten them handily. Seattle beats them 42 nothing. Yeah. You, Jacksonville's one of those teams for Neil, along with Carolina, that I would never want to put money on them or use them in a keeper league, a survivor league, anything just because they're too, oh, no, no. they're too hard to gauge. Oh yeah, yeah. You got you got the winning six. Let's let's look at Jacksonville's schedule here, shall we? Um, let's see the schedule. Well, while we're doing this, uh, while we're doing this, uh, they're playing Houston next week at home. But yeah, while we're doing this, who, who, do, who do you think? Who do you think's the best player on uh, 49ers? You got Patrick Willis, Vernon Davis. Who? Yeah, I would say developing into the future, Patrick Willis is going to be Ray Lewis, Brian Urlacher caliber linebacker 
he's going to be defensive anchor for a long, long time. Oh, yeah. And for Jacksonville, I think it's Maurice Jones, true. Uh, just the power running he does is uh, amazing. Anyways, looking at the schedule, week one, they're two points away from beating Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, week, week two, Arizona game, they lose handily. Week three versus Houston, they win at Tennessee. Remember, this is in week four when Tennessee was supposed to be good still. Jacksonville wins. Then they play Seattle next week, and they lose handily. They play St. Louis the week after. They only beat them by three. Then they lose to Tennessee, but then they beat KC by three, beat the Giants by two, and then only Buffalo by three. Yeah, but that's my point. They've had games against the Rams, the Chiefs, the Bills, and they've struggled in all three games. I mean, Jacksonville could be a team that could be... Right now, one and one and eight, or two and eight, or they could be eight and two. I mean, there's no way how to tell Jacksonville. For sure, that's why I've got the Forty ers winning this game at home. At Jacks, you know they're they're oh yeah. <sighs> I I think I took the Forty ers Let me just check here. Everybody. Um, just a little bit of advertisement here. Um, I use a thing called Office Football Pool. Highly, highly recommended. It costs money. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I cost seventy bucks to go to, all the way to the Super Bowl. Very organized. Very well done. I mean, um, you you sign in, picture right there. You got expert opinion on there. I highly recommend it for any newbies to football that are looking for a uh, league to try to make a little bit of money in. Um, and. Cheap plug, but as it so happens, uh, <laughs> could you send us some free stuff? Free membership, maybe? <laughs> well, I can't say free membership because as of, uh, because I'm not affiliated with them in any way. But, so if that's false, if I'm advertising for you, I'm sorry, Office Football Pool. You can sue me later when we get big. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, Office Football Pool, great. All right, just pulling up the picks here. I took... Jacksonville to win. Interesting. So we have our first variance of the week. Challenge game. Indeed. I I I would be comfortable making this the game that I I I would put my money on San Fran to win this game. I I see it being a final score of twenty four to thirteen. San Fran. I I'm gonna say that's the final score of this game. What's the final score? Twenty-four to thirteen. See, I see the final score being a lot closer. Seventeen fourteen, Jacksonville. Yeah. So I've got San Fran. You've got Jacksonville. Moving on, we've got Chicago at Minnesota. Really, no question about this. I mean, if I'm Brad Childress, I'm sitting Adrian Peterson because he's he's sick. But uh, really, no question about it. Jake Cutler is. Not doing good. I mean, you get you get pressure on Jay Cutler with the how t- horrible the Chicago offensive line is. <laughs> you've got you've got like you got six picks on your hands. I, I really I really just don't see any way Chicago could win this game. Yeah, even if Cutler and his receiving core are at their best, I've still got. Minnesota winning this game. They've looked like one of the best teams in the league 
this year. Oh yeah, better than New Orleans and uh, Colts because I mean the Colts have lost a couple of close or I mean come close in a couple of ones, and so so and uh, Minnesota or uh, St. Louis, <laughs> New Orleans almost loses a close one to St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, that so, scared me a little bit. Yeah, that was, that was bizarre world football. Yeah, I mean you got. But, I mean, you look at Minnesota, besides the one they lost to, which I believe was to the Saints, um, they've looked really good. Yeah. For they clarification did. on that Jacksonville-San Francisco pick, I no, took Jacksonville. Actually, well, actually, I they lost to Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yeah, that, that's right. And they uh, had they had a close game against Baltimore as well. In which Stephen Hoska, no longer a member of the Ravens, missed a last-second field goal to win that game. losing. Oh, yeah, I mean, really, really no question about it. Minnesota wins big. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not big, but relatively easily. Big. Big. This is going to be your 38-7 game of the week. All right. This is going to be... Anyways, moving on. We got Arizona at Tennessee. This is going to be an interesting one, and a lot of stuff is being withheld from this game as to whether or not Kurt Warner is going to play. Yes, he did. Kurt... He did have limited practice at this point, but he's still questionable for the game. If I see Kurt Warner playing, I got Arizona. If we got Tennessee playing, or if you got if you got uh, Kurt, or Matt Leinart playing, I see uh, Tennessee with a relatively big or with a win. Yeah, I mean Matt Leinart. Let's face it, first three three or so years of his career, he's being paid to hold the clipboard on the sidelines and watch Kurt Warner have a career resurgence. And taking them all the way to the Super Bowl last year. Um, Tennessee has found new life. Started 0-6. Have won four in a row. Um, Vince Young under center now. He's really made that offense come alive. And that's why I've got Tennessee winning this game, Kurt Warner or not. Yeah. Well, I see. What I see is Tennessee winning this game closer if Kurt Warner plays uh, farther if he does not. Um, really, you got Chris Johnson, who's most likely going to break O.J. Simpson's record. I mean, with his, with the, uh, with the schedule that, uh, uh, with the, the schedule that Tennessee has coming up. I mean, you got Arizona, which this week, Arizona not the best rush defense. I see Chris Johnson maybe rushing for 120 yards. Yeah, I I wouldn't debate you on that. I think Arizona's defense gets. A lot less credit than it should, but I still think Chris Johnson's going to have a good day. Oh, yeah, I mean, and then after that, they play Indianapolis, not the best rush defense. Then they play St. Louis, definitely not a good rush defense, Miami, San Diego, and then they finish up at Seattle. Really, realistically, Chris Johnson, in those three ga- or in those four games, he should realistically get at least... 550 yards. And later on in a few weeks, uh, Christmas Day surprise against the Chargers, and he's going to tear 
our rush defense apart. Oh, yeah. I, I, I will say that right now. That's the Thursday night game? That is the Thursday night game. Christmas no, Friday. Day, or Friday. Christmas Day at 7, I think. That's going to be uh, on well, the, That's the well, NFL why, Network why, game. Why'd they make it a Friday? I mean, isn't high school football? Oh, I, bet, I bet high school football's out of the season then. NFL Network um, game of the week at that point. Uh, Chargers and Titans. I'm looking forward to that one. That's going to be a good yeah. game. Christmas Day surprise. I mean, that's. I think that's the only game playing that day, is it? Yes. Sweet. So a nice little uh, surprise on Christmas Day. Christmas gift for all NFL fans out there. Um, moving on to the Sunday night game, a divisional battle, and definitely Pittsburgh an at Baltimore. One, especially since the AFC South are struggled. So mighty we last week. What are you seeing? I mean, the AFC North. You got two last week. Two bad AFC West teams. Chiefs and the Raiders. Two, what? Chiefs yeah. and the Raiders. Chiefs, Chiefs and the Raiders beating two good AFC North teams. What has happened to this AFC North division? I don't know. I mean, you've got Baltimore losing to the Colts, the Browns losing to the Lions, and the top two dogs, in my opinion. Losing to very poor AFC West teams, and that whole division went 0 and 4 against conceivably three of those four teams. You should be able to beat on any given day. Yeah, I mean, but what are you going to do? I mean, um, this this week I see Ben Roethlisberger banged up, very banged up. Um, <laughs> Heinz Ward is out this week, and so is James Ferrier. That's what I just noticed. Yeah. Um, yeah it's not good. injury. It says not injury related, so they're both out. Interesting. And Troy Polamalu also is out with Ben Roethlisberger and Willie Parker. Well, Ben Roethlisberger being questionable. Realistically, with all these injuries, but uh, uh, pretty good players for them. I see the Steelers dropping this game to the uh, to the Ravens away. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. If Roethlisberger plays, it's going to be a lot closer game. But Baltimore picking up a lot of confidence last week in uh, their close defeat against the Colts. And yeah, but Pittsburgh lost a lot of confidence last week, losing to the Chiefs. Pittsburgh is only five hundred, I believe. Uh, no, they're six and four. Six and four. No, but um, they are three and three, I believe, without Polomalu and three and one with him. Yeah. So that's I a mean, telling stat for their defense. And yeah. I see them struggling, and ultimately, I agree with you. They're going to drop this game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Baltimore is going to win this game, seven, maybe ten points. Yeah. And the last game on tap, Monday Night Football. Great game. Very, very, very good game. Game of the week. For sure. Undefeated New Orleans Saints at home versus the 7-3 New England Patriots. Yeah. What what can you say about this game that hasn't already been said? It's all all the coverage has been about this week. Um, This is going to be a shootout. Back and forth. 
Uh, yeah, both defenses have not been good as of late. Um, <laughs> honestly, New Orleans and Pittsburgh, I mean, I believe I took New England in this game, but I might be contemplating changing that to, uh, to, uh, to New Orleans. I, I don't know about this game. I'm waffling back and forth as well. I think New England, the one big advantage they have is the fact that they were in a dome last week, or two weeks ago, two weeks ago, against the Colts. Yeah, but, uh, and I mean... They they have already played a very good undefeated team close on the road. And um, New Orleans, even though they're undefeated, they have had their struggles. They had to come back against Miami. They had to come back against the Rams. They had... The Rams. Well, New Orleans has had their troubles, but so has the Patriots. I mean, they lost to the Jets. Yeah. And at that time, we all thought the Jets looked phenomenal. And now we have learned that they are not the team we made them out to be. Well, honestly, I'm going to take New Orleans in this game. I hate to say it, but I agree with you again. Um, I'm going to say... Yeah, this is easily over 50 points in this game. Take the over. I don't care what it is. I'll look it up right now, the over-under on this game, because this is going to be a shootout. Yeah, don't miss this game. It's going to be a great game, folks. I mean, I mean... We could have a game of the year candidate here. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think they moved this to primetime. I mean, I think before it was just a really bad game, and now they... I mean, this is a good, 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 good game. Whoever Don't moved it to Monday night, I thank you. I, I, but anyways. Yeah, the over-under on this game is 56 points. And three and a half points. And uh, that's for New Orleans, I'm guessing. Spread is three and a half points for New Orleans. And the over-under is 56. That's a high over-under. That's the highest I've seen all year. But I would still take the over in that. I think each... Actually, it's a one and a half point spread now. In favor You're taking New England? In favor of New Orleans. No, I'm taking the Saints in a very, oh, very close, entertaining game. It's going to be New Orleans 31, Patriots 27. Anyway, well, yeah. Well, that's our show for this week. Um, later today, me and Jordan will try to get a fantasy football show in, though. I think, Jordan, if that's all right with you. Yeah, uh, I'm game for that. And please join us next week as we preview and give you our picks for the Week 13 games, as well as recap Week 12 and the games that hopefully... Uh, will be some exciting ones this week. So thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next week. Signing off is Tyler Engel and Jordan Smith. The Crazy Canucks will be back next week.